Welcome to LilyPod episode 55, Single Status and Love Month. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners. Today we're talking about single status and love month because it is February 1st. Right. And we want to begin this episode with a poem. This is a poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. Now, I think this applies to both men and women, although in the tradition of the time, Rudyard Kipling died in 1936. Uh, he makes a, a male reference at the end. But I think this, this poem is about building a healthy, integrated self and how to deal with adversity when it comes into your life. And for many mid-singles, we have seen a great deal of adversity uh, that we've had to overcome. All right, so this is If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop to build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, if you can walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. So I want to focus a little bit on the uh, third stanza of this 
or sorry, the second stanza of this poem. How many of you have watched the things you gave your life to broken and had to build them back with worn out tools? Kathy, how about you? Oh, yeah, I was worn out. <laughs> when I got divorced, I, I didn't know how to handle it. And right. I know that a lot of what we've learned through becoming life coaches and working with our clients is that we would have healed a lot faster had we known and had the tools then that we know now. Only I think I still would have needed assistance. I think, you know, even even we need a life coach. I mean, we're still learning and growing, right? Right. Um, just because we have the tools doesn't mean we have to do it all our, on our own. We can seek support. Right. We can seek support. And it's, it's part of the kind of independent spirit that Rudyard Kipling is capturing in this poem that I believe uh, is that independent spirit. But sometimes that independent spirit, that sense of personal responsibility we have, leads us to reach out to others. Now, what do we do if we're processing some painful experiences and we really need somebody to talk to? Of course, we're available as life coaches and we hope you will come to us on that, but you need friends too. And what if you have a friend that just doesn't have any patience or time or doesn't understand? All I can say is there's like 8 billion people on this earth. And so there's going to be someone, probably many someones, who are willing to be a good friend in a moment of adversity. Well, and try to keep in mind that single status is not your identity. If you are divorced, yes, it's important to own that life experience because it's part of your path. But it doesn't have to be your identity. It certainly doesn't have to be the only thing about you that you think about. Right. I think when we, when we talk about that status and, and why Rudyard Kipling is saying you'll be an adult when you've mastered all of these, these characteristics is because that doesn't exist in your circumstances. It doesn't even exist in your marriage or the things that are dear to you in that way. It exists within yourself. And I, I, I love this line, you know, can you lose everything and start again at your beginnings? Can you start over from scratch and move beyond the disappointment, the fear, and maybe even the anger and start again. Kathy, what gave you the courage to start again? Well, I don't, I didn't really ever want to be alone. I was still relatively young. I mean, early thirties, I, life was not over, but it sure felt like it when I got divorced. And so I guess the thing that gave me courage to start over was just the, the facts of my life. And so I went into a brief second marriage, as uh, many of our listeners might already know, I wasn't ready for that. It was part of my healing process. And, you know, the, the marriage and the subsequent divorce really was part of healing from the long term divorce I experienced from the father of my children from a 14 year marriage. And after that, I decided to get really intentional 
and get myself ready. I even took a class on how to avoid falling in love with a jerk again. (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, actually, Jeff and I have commented that, you know, sometime we should write a book called rather than, you know, how uh, this is a great book, by the way, and it was a great class. And it was important for me to know what to do to be a healthy person and attract a healthy person. So uh, we're in no way discrediting this book. We just thought a great a great addition would be how to avoid how to marry and avoid being a jerk. Right. <laughs> because we're really the only ones that control us. And and you know, you mentioned before we got on this podcast that wh- what was it that you said about uh, it, we don't really have happy couples. We have happy people. Right. Yeah. We, we don't have happy marriages. I mean, we like to think of the marriage as an entity that is separate from the two people involved, but really the marriage is a, is a legal construct. And, you know, hopefully it represents to us the, the love we have for each other and the commitments we've made and so forth. But you don't have the marriage as a, as an entity doesn't have, a consciousness. It doesn't have, you know, a specific capacity to be happy or sad. What you have is happy or unhappy people. And so we're looking for the idea that we can uh, nurture a healthy self. And if two happy people come together, they rarely come together and have a lousy time. They, they generally we're happy independently and then they're happy together. And so oftentimes we find that unhappy people will blame external circumstances, will blame their partner and so on for their unhappiness. Now I'm not saying that some people don't make serious mistakes and it and their partner feels heartache over it. I I know for a fact that that's true. But again, the foundation for a happy marriage is two happy people. And no matter who caused the heartache, even if it's not our fault that we might have experienced betrayal or rejection, uh, we are responsible for ourselves, for our own emotional well-being, for our own mental health, for our own recovery. Right. No one else can do that for us. Certainly not someone who has been abusive or mistreated us. Right. I think one of the important things, like we're talking about love month, because for whatever reason, around Valentine's Day, there's a lot of people who just sort of feel lonely and, oh, here goes another Valentine's Day and I don't have anybody special to celebrate with. And we're going to suggest that you can celebrate and you can celebrate by sitting down thoughtfully and intentionally journaling or whatever. How am I going to build a healthier, happier self? Because that is the best thing you can do to create a great partnership. And some of these virtues in the poem that I read to you, um, you know, if you don't like being lied about, don't deal in lies. How much gossip is there in the mid-singles community? You know, um, how about uh, stooping to build up the life that you've lost with worn out tools? 
how about uh, losing and starting again at your beginnings? How about uh, being able to talk with crowds without losing your virtue or walk with kings and not lose the common touch? How about neither friends nor loving, loving friends nor foes can hurt you and all men count with you, but none too much? This is a matter of perspective, isn't it? That if everyone counts with you and you value everyone as a child of God, but no one counts too much, then you have a strong inner self. You're not codependent. You're not tied to other people's opinions of you. So you can have greater integrity and same thing with if you can wait and not be tired by waiting. You know, Kathy, how long did you wait after getting divorced before we found each other? What felt like an eternity. Right. I was just talking to a coaching client today about this, uh, this pattern of patience that is required to find your eternal companion. <clears throat> I know that in the, the the grand scheme of things, it really didn't take me that long. But for me, years as a single person in my childbearing years as, you know, in, in the prime of my life, that felt like forever. And, and yet I really wanted to intentionally find the very best person for me. That was really important. Um, I had mentioned that I had a she brief. She did too. Oh, I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> but even Jeff actually wasn't the right person for me when we first met. We It wasn't the right timing for us. We both had to do some waiting there for each other to prepare. And we didn't even know that's what we were waiting for, but we were. <laughs> right. And um, so you never really know where your dating life might take you. Um, but when we're called to wait, when patience is required, um, I can tell you it's worth it because you know, my, my first two marriages for me, they, they fell into my lap. Those relationships just came to me. And I do believe that was part of God's, um, way of, of directing me on the path I was on and the path that I needed to learn and grow. Um, but I counseled with him very, very fervently this third time around and told him what I wanted and that I wanted him to tell me no every time, if it wasn't going to be awesome, if right. it wasn't going to be a wonderful opportunity to be my very best self and be appreciated for who I am. I didn't want the marriage. Right. And, and I wanted to be able to do the same thing, of course, for my partner. And so a lot of that patience and waiting required me to become what I needed to, to be ready for that kind of, the kind of marriage I wanted. Right. I mean, Kathy has talked about on other podcasts uh, as well, that she was kind of afraid to be alone after her first marriage uh, ended and that that led to the second marriage. And I think that is a very tempting place for a lot of us to be after we end a marriage. And sometimes we're in a hurry to replace what we've lost. And, mm -hmm. and some people will rush into something or they'll just take, as Kathy's talked about, take the love that came along. Uh, without seriously evaluating, is this the best thing for the two people involved? And it's it's an understandable thing to do. 
I look at my own self and I think, you know, I think of those words, if all people count with you, but none too much. I think one of the reasons I grieved so hard after my first marriage is my wife, my wife at that time counted too much with me. And her opinion of me affected a lot of how of my opinion of myself. And I had the same issue in my first marriage. It's a codependent way of thinking that someone else determines my value. Right. No one else can do that. Right. I mean, it's nice to be validated by other people. I mean, I love it when Kathy validates me and, and I try to do the same for her honestly and authentically because that's, that helps create connection. But the truth is you don't have to be partnered to be happy. And in fact, if you're not happy unpartnered, you probably won't be happy partnered. And so this Valentine's day, you know, if you don't have someone in, in your life to spend that evening with, well, stay home. If you like put on a romantic comedy or some other kind of hopeful fun movie that is in keeping with the day and pull out your journal and just journal about how am I going to become a happier and healthier self between now and next Valentine's day. And if you don't like those specific suggestions, do whatever feels right for you. Right. Mainly what we're saying is that love month or Valentine's can be more about self love, especially for those who are single right now. And uh, we also encourage you to dream. Dream about your future special someone that is doing something similar to become a happier, healthier person so you can get together and be a ha happy, healthy um, individuals as a couple. Right. And, you know, you could even get a group of friends together to brainstorm this. How are we all going to become happier? What are goals that we might all have? And you might learn a lot from, you know, you have three or four friends over and you cook a special dinner and, and you say, how, how am I going to prepare for love by becoming a happier and healthier individual? And, you know, that could be another idea that could be really fun and, and feel good inside. And also, you know, it would be a hopeful thing because you're not just preparing to be a happy individual, although that certainly would be the, the goal, you're also preparing to be a better partner by doing that. Well, and we often say in this podcast that it's always a good time for more love in your life. And that's not just romantic and it's not just self-love, but it's also love of other people, love of neighbors, family, friends. And so Valentine's can also be a time of increasing the love that you share with those people who are in your life. Right. So yeah, it, you don't have to be romantically connected to celebrate Valentine's Day. You can celebrate it in a non-conventional way. And you can also, you know, work toward, use Valentine's Day to work toward your future relationship. And and look forward to the day when you will have someone special to go out to dinner with or give flowers and candy to if that's your thing. Since we're talking about Love Month, I think it would be appropriate to remind listeners who may not have listened to episode two way back when we first started this podcast. Um, 
it was, I believe it was titled God is love. So, so are we. we. Yes. And then we went on to talk about relationship priority and cultivating love for God, self and others. Right. According to the two great commandments, which we're all familiar with to love God with all our heart, might, mind and strength. And the second is like unto it to love our neighbors as ourselves. And I believe that in that episode I mentioned, and I think I've maybe mentioned it a few other times, but for anybody who hasn't heard it, I just, I think it needs to be said that all the love we will ever need is inside of us. And that is a truth that absolutely blew my mind and something that I started feeling inside as a single person, unpartnered, without a companion. And when I really understood that, it started to make sense that even though I still wanted a partner, that partner would become a bonus in the world of love rather than someone I relied on for my value or my worth. Our value is intact no matter what happens, no matter what anyone thinks, even no matter what we think. We are valuable human beings with divine potential. And that doesn't change when we have a bad day. It doesn't change when we get divorced. It doesn't change when something bad happens. Right, Kathy, I agree. And uh, just to add to what Kathy has been teaching just now, um, you can feel the love of another, uh, but only if you're prepared to receive it. They're not literally transferring their feelings from their own person to you. What happens is that you are open to feeling loved and you're able to feel loved. And then when someone is loving toward you, it triggers those warm and, and happy feelings. And, and so the reaction, the, the love feeling is inside of you. And actually it is the love you're feeling for the other person. Uh, that that you're experiencing. Another thing I would say about this is after the two great commandments were given, uh, Jesus, of course, gave them and somebody piped up and said, who is my neighbor? Do you remember what Jesus said? He then gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. And what's the business of the Good Samaritan? Well, the Good Samaritan, Samaria was north of Judea. And they were, they had gone up there and tried to build their own temple. And they, they had essentially departed from the original religion of Judah. And they, uh, they weren't thought very highly of by those living in Judea. Uh, the northern the northern kingdom was Samaria. The southern kingdom was Judea. And so uh, the good Samaritan is someone who stopped and helped this person who was beaten and injured on the side of the road and, uh, you know, healed his wounds and, you know, went, took him to an inn and said, take care of this guy and whatever expenses you rack up. When I come back, I'll pay all of it. And this was not literally his neighbor who lived next door to him. It was someone from an alien country who was, who was not 
thought very highly of in Judea in this story. Another interesting point is, um, you know, you think about the Levite who was a person of high status in Judea, and he walked by on the other side and wouldn't stop to help the man that had fallen among thieves and, and been injured and so on. Why wouldn't the Levite do that? Well, one reason might be that if he touched a dead body and if this person was actually dead, he could be out of business in terms of serving in the temple for, you know, quite some time. And uh, so he may have considered this person beaten on the side of the road to be unclean. And, you know, because they had very specific cleansing rituals and requirements in their culture. Another reason might be the Jericho Road, which the parable refers to, was a dangerous road. And he might have thought, maybe this guy is just faking. Maybe he is, as soon as I go to help him, he's going to step up and, and take me down. You know, who knows? There could be any number of possibilities like that. But the point is, who is my neighbor? Well, Jesus then asked, who, is, who was neighbor to this man that was harmed? And of course, they all said the Samaritan. Your neighbor, friends, is everyone. And you can give and receive love uh, to a lot of people who you may not have much in common with, except your common humanity and your status as children of God. And yet people in that situation can become dear friends. And that's something to celebrate during Love Month, too, is that we can love people regardless of race, color, religion, you know, national or social origin, property, birth, you know, whatever considerations people uh, make as to who they're going to associate with. One thing that every hardship in our life can do is teach us more compassion. And it, we don't have to go through everything to have compassion. I just think that our own hardships can lead our, our hearts to be more compassionate in general if we allow that. Yeah, I agree. And I believe that, like what Kathy was saying, that, that compassion is really, it's rooted deep within us. It's part of being a child of God uh, with divine potential. And so um, thinking about that in those terms uh, can help you build a healthier and a more loving self. In conclusion, I would like to read another poem. And again, excuse the, the male pronouns in it. This was uh, also written in 1936. And it's a poem that uh, Hall of Fame football coach Bill Parcells always read to his, to his teams. And this is about integrity and whose opinion really matters. Uh, and I I like reading this because we understand from it that we can be personally empowered even when we're not partnered. And the poem is called The Man in the Glass by Peter Dale Wimbro Sr. When you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, 
Just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test if the man in the glass is your friend. You may fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass, but your final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. And that includes the thoughts you have about yourself. Absolutely. And I want to offer our listeners a little challenge. This month, the month of Valentine's, as we're encouraging you to be more self-loving, no matter where you're at in this journey of self-love, do what you can to look in the mirror every day and like yourself a little bit better each each time you do it. And I would love for everyone to get to the end of the month and be able to look in the mirror and honestly say, I love you. I've got your back. Right. And even if the whole world disagrees, the opinion that counts most is the man in the glass, second to God only. And anyone else who disagrees, they're just humans anyway. Right. (laughs) So his opinion matters more and we know he loves us. Each one of us. Absolutely. Uh, so having said that, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that we have a wonderful podcast next week. It's an interview we did uh, during the warmth of Christmas, but we decided to wait till Valentine's to bring it out because it's a beautiful whirlwind romance that will give you a little inspiration and, and uh, a fun dreaming of you know your future um, with your forever partner. Um, it's a really exciting story, an interview that we did with a, a newlywed couple, and I think we'll, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, it testifies that miracles are possible. Absolutely. And um, just we, we wish you the very best Valentine's month ever. Uh, we hope this is really a very elevating, self-loving month for you, one where you feel that you did something constructive and helpful for your life. And remember, friends, any time, especially Love Month, is a great time for more love in your life. We'll catch you next time. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.